0: everyone, and welcome to About This Writing Thing, a weekly podcast about living the writing life. I am your host, Sayward Bieler, writer for women, and I am going to begin this episode with a hearty hello again. I know I've already said hello, but I've been away for a couple of weeks, and I feel like I should let you guys know what's going on. I know there are a couple of people who actually listen every week, and, you know, we're growing in listeners, thank you so much for coming back. But I feel like I should explain to you a little bit about what's been going on with me and why I haven't been as consistent as I should be with this podcast. This year has been a little bit trying for a dear friend of mine. She had a, a surgery that is akin to open heart surgery in March and I took care of her from April 8th until sometime in June I believe it was May or I think it was June. I took care of her for about 10 weeks because she doesn't really have a huge support system here of where we live of course because everyone has their own lives and I told her that I would be happy to take care of her. We've known one another for a long time. We're really good friends and I would want someone to do the same thing for me. So I helped her during that difficult time and then again in October she went to the doctor. She thought She had something simple like appendicitis, but it turns out that she had something much more serious. She had to have another surgery, and I have been taking care of her for the last, I think it's been about a month now, and whenever I, I have to say that I'm not a huge giver. I'm mostly a taker, and I'm not sure if that's something that just kind of comes with being a writer because we're, and I'm not trying to say that we're all selfish. I, personally, am very selfish, so I'm not a big giver I'm more of a taker. I've been trying to work on that. But when someone is in need like this, and I care about them, or even even if I don't know them very well, I do as much as I can for them. So, as a result, my writing, my editing, and my podcast have suffered. And it isn't because I'm taking care of her. It's because I become so overwhelmed and so flustered because I'm not getting the time that a taker feels like they need. So it takes me a little while to become acclimated to my new role and my new what's going on. And I think I'm finally there after a month. (laughs) That was a long explanation and I do apologize for taking up so much time explaining that, but I have been away for so long and I am two weeks late. I'm two episodes behind because I have been trying to get back to to finding some sort of normalcy even while I'm taking care of my friend. She is going to be leaving in the next couple of weeks to go and stay with family because she has a larger support system. So my life will return back to normal. But until then, I hope you'll understand if I fail again. (laughs) So this is episode 13 and today I'm going to, I have a couple of corrections. Actually, I just have one major correction and And I want to talk a little bit about where I am in my editing process and also I want to talk about my guidelines for critique because I think critique groups and partners are so important and we were talking about them in in class a few weeks ago because I actually outlined this episode three weeks ago. (laughs) but we were talking about critique partners and our rules for critique, but in the writing world, I don't really like to say that there are rules. There are guidelines, and some of them are really great guidelines, and then others, just like with guidelines, you can disregard them, but what I'm going to talk about today are my guidelines for critiquing that I do not stray from because I think it's so very important, especially when you're working with new writers. Well, when you're working with any writer, because this is their baby, this is something that they've labored over, I think you have to take some care with you. You can't just be cavalier and say the first thing that comes to your mind because sometimes the first thing that comes to our minds isn't very nice. I can't tell you how many times I've been reading and reading something and I've thought, oh my gosh. <laughs> what am I doing reading this? What is this person doing? But then you have to take a step back and you have to say, okay, this is this person's level. This is where they are. This is where you are. And you have to have that understanding that they are where you were five, ten, for me, twenty, well, not even twenty years ago. Five years ago, I was a terrible writer, so (laughs) at least compared to where I am now. So those are the things that I want to talk about today. I'm going to get started by talking about the literary magazine I announced last episode. In episode twelve, I let you know that I am going to be launching a literary magazine in 2020 called Ain't Them Words. I intended to launch March 1st, so the reading window was going to open December 1st. 2019. However, that has been pushed back just a little bit. So, I will be launching Ain't Them Words June 1st, 2020. The reading window will open March 1st, 2020. So, just keep an ear out on this podcast, and I'll let you know more as we get closer to the reading window. Or you can keep abreast of the situation by going to saywordbeeller.com. So that's the big correction I wanted to make. I also wanted to say that I am still in the beginning stages of offering editorial services, not developmental editing, not proofreading. I am, I like to work with the finesse of the story, so I do offer line editing services. I also offer professional critiques, but that's in the very very beginning stages. (laughs) So I've changed my tagline again. This is like, this blows my mind because I feel so inconsistent because I keep changing my tagline, but I think I'm in a place now where it's okay because I'm not quite to that point where everything needs to be concrete. So I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I'm just going to go with it. (laughs) Last but not least, before we start talking about critique tips, I, you guys know that I have been editing my upmarket fiction novel for the last couple of months. I finished it in February, and I stepped away from it. I came back to it. I went back through it, and then I've been working on it since then, but... And it's gone through some critiquing, but I haven't been as consistent with it. There's that word again. Like, I'm not always consistent like I need to be. Which is why it takes me a longer period of time to do things than it does other writers. Because I'm not as consistent with it as I should be. But, I'm very close to being finished now, which I'm really excited about. I edited a couple of chapters this morning. And the thing with it is, is I've had several, several people have read through it. So I've had a couple of, I had a beta read done on it and I've had my mentor read through it. So I have a lot of great notes on it. I've got notes from my critique group on the first six chapters and I'm just going through now and I'm trying to get my final draft finished so that it can get to a point where it's ready for that final step before sending it off to agents. And this week I did have a little bit of a crisis. I thought, oh my gosh, why am I going to go the traditional route? Why am I even trying with the traditional route? Because I've been listening to all of this, all of this noise about the traditional publishing system versus the indie publishing system. So I had a little bit of a crisis over my path. My path has always been to be traditionally published. That's been my goal. That's what I've been working toward all of these years. And (laughs) I've just been... I know writers listening are going to say, oh yeah, I've been there. I've been there so many times. But I just thought, gosh, what's the point? Why is someone going to look at my book when I can't even get engagement on Twitter? It's like, I I don't know. It's just like this huge crisis. And my, my friend and critique partner, Krista Harper, she's a romance author. She does the Swoonworthy Book Club. If you haven't heard of it, check it out on Instagram. She's super smart. She is, she is more like night and day. She is like the super smart, the super organized, and she, she has all of her plans. She's a planner. And here I am. I'm just like, oh gosh, I listened to a podcast and I don't know what to do with my life anymore. And she's just like, calm down. You need to think about this. Don't freak out. It's really important to have somebody like that in our lives as writers because uh, sometimes, sometimes it's just, it's too much. It's too much to think about on your own. So after I spoke with Krista, this that's her pen name. <laughs> but after I spoke with her, she, um, I, I was like, okay, okay. And then I spoke with my husband and I was like, so I really need your help. Should I continue on this? And he didn't even let me finish. He was just like, yes. So, yeah, he's like you've been working toward this. Just do it. Just do it. So, I am just going to do it. I'm going to listen to my critique partner. I'm going to listen to my life partner and I'm going to listen to my heart because ultimately this is even though even though there's all this noise and all of this all of these cons I think that the pros have to outweigh it and I'm I'm just going to go for it because I either traditionally publish and, and not have a breakout and possibly languish or I self-publish and I languish like I've been doing for the last 10 years. So I'm just going to go for it guys. I just have to go for it. <laughs> I'm a little bit stressed out about it, but that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm not changing my mind. I have a plan. I'm querying in January. So wish me luck, please. Just, I don't even care. If you just like it, just like this episode and that, that will let me know that you're wishing me luck (laughs) because I need it. Now we're going to talk a little bit about critique since I have... Lamented about my crisis. But I am doing really great with editing. I'm really excited about where I am. I'm really excited about how the book has really shaped up. This is my if we're going to be very technical about it, this is my fourth draft because I finished it in February. I wait, I put it away for like 6 or 8 weeks and then I went back and I went through it again. That was draft 2. Then I went through it again, <laughs> that was draft 3. So now I'm going through it again, draft 4. If we're going to get technical about it, this is me. I ever think I'm just a mess, guys. If you don't know it by now, we're 13 episodes in. If you don't know by now that I'm a mess, I I just don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Now we're going to talk about critique tips. Well, specifically, like, it's not really my philosophy, but it kind of is, I guess. I don't really think about... The last couple of weeks, we're supposed to think about our editing philosophy because right now in my program, I'm in an editing class and we're supposed to think about our editing and coaching philosophies. And, you know, me, my bottom line is always... Give what you want to get. So if you want to, if you want to get goodness, you have to give it. So I have a really difficult time nailing down a philosophy and saying, okay, this is my philosophy. I don't know if it's because my brain just says, no, we're not, we're not going to be like everybody. Else. I don't know if, if there's like some little rebel in my brain that says, no, you don't need your own philosophy. I don't know. But I have a really difficult time coming up with philosophies, but I have a pretty easy time coming up with guidelines because guidelines are flexible. And while... I think these are, hard fa- these are hard and fast rules for me. They can be flexible. Some of them can be left out if they need to be, but at the core, this is who I am as a critique partner. As writers, we know how important it is to get feedback about our work from peers. New writers are often afraid of sharing their work with other writers for fear that their idea will be stolen or their story will be stolen. This logic, most of us know, is flawed for multiple reasons. The first of which is that your idea isn't new or original, every story to be told has been told, you will find stories similar to yours. There have been instances of creative theft, but I think that they're they're way less frequent than is portrayed by Hollywood. There is a Melissa McCarthy movie out that I really want to see. Can You Ever Forgive Me? And it's about a writer in the 90s who forged a bunch of letters. It's not the same thing exactly, but there are writers who do bad things. And unfortunately, that's human nature. Some humans just do really bad things, just like some of us do really stupid things. It's just kind of the way that we are. So we need this feedback from our peers. I can have my husband read my work all day long. I can have my daughter read my work all day long. My oldest daughter read my work all day long. She loves my novel, by the way. (laughs) But the feedback that they give me is going to be from a reader's perspective, which is great because I do need that. It's like I was explaining to my husband last night. I do need that feedback, but what I need more than that is feedback from people who know what I'm trying to do. I need feedback from writers, preferably from writers who are on the same level as me, but I need that feedback from writers so that I can make my story stronger, and having feedback from other writers also helps you to, well, it helped me, to become a better critiquer, someone who really starts to learn what to look for, and critique really helped me with finding my voice, finding my style, and what I. My first critique group. I write women's fiction, upmarket fiction. Every person that I was in group with, that first critique group, we had mystery writers, inspirational writers, and historical writers. I can write historicals. Actually, that's my next two books are historical women's fiction, but mysteries? I I can't write a mystery. It's, It's not in me. I'm not that clever, but by reading those works and learning how to critique those works, it helped me hone my own style and my own voice, and it helped me be able to understand the voice of mystery writers and the voice of inspirational writers. So, Working with critique partners in different genres than what you write is, I've actually found it to be very beneficial. Right now, my critique partner, I did have two, but we just lost one. Both of them write romance. I do not write romance. I do not read romance, except for from my critique partners. And you may say, well, how in the world do you know how to critique a romance then? When I go through it, when I'm critiquing, I'm looking for language. I'm looking for those craft elements that come together. I don't really focus so much on the plot. If there's something off with the plot, if something doesn't make sense, I can say, wait a second, can you explain this to me? What's going on here? What's the motivation for this? But I'm more focused on the structure and the style and the use of language. And it works really well because we usually have someone who is very focused on the plot and someone who can help with that developmental aspect for critique with critique and and then me there's me <laughs> who does a more line by line it's just my style that's just what I do so uh, I go more line by line and I find things that are on that that line that very sentence by sentence level. So in my years I've been critiquing since 2013 and that's not a long time. I know people have been critiquing for 20 years. I know I'm still an infant when it comes to critique. But in my time as a critique partner, having critique partners, being in critique groups, working one on one in critique, these are the things that I have developed to make myself a better critique partner. I'm I try to be very encouraging. It doesn't work when you look at another writer and you say, this is trash. Thankfully, I've never ever had anyone look at me and say that because I don't know that I would be able to remain civil. I try to be very encouraging because this is someone's creation. The last thing that I want to do as a critique partner is tell them that their baby is ugly. I want to find the good parts and point those out so that it not only softens the sting of my critique, but it lets them know that they're not totally lacking in talent. (laughs) The next thing I try to do is be kind. And this goes right back to to my guideline number one. In the moments when I'm looking at my screen saying I can't read another word, I have to remind myself that every true for draft is rough. And again, I'm not going to say how ugly that baby is. I'm going to tell them what they might do to make the lighting better so that their baby looks more attractive. <laughs> the next thing I try to do, which we all do in critique, is make suggestions. You're not in a critique group to hear how brilliant you are. At least I'm not. It's always nice to receive really great feedback, but my reason for being in a critique group is for someone to tell me, this is what's not working. You can tell me that I'm brilliant, I'd love to hear that, but it's more important for me to find out what might need to be fixed in my story. What might need to be fixed with my character? What might need to be fixed with my conflict? Because I don't write plot driven, I write character driven and conflict driven. So saying I liked it is no more acceptable than I didn't like it. You have to be specific, make suggestions. You also need to remain professional. Remember, we're not just buddies hanging out, reading one another's stuff. We are colleagues. I am reading your work, you are reading my work, and we are exchanging services to one another. So you have to always remain professional. I like to go line by line. It's personal preference, honestly, but I like to go line by line. And I've talked a little bit about that already. I just really like to to take and break it down to where I'm looking at everything line by line by line. Then I take a step back and see how it all works together. And the line by line, I do my comments throughout. And then when I take a step back and see, how it all works together. That's the comment that I give at the end of the chapter or the end of the story, you know, whatever, whatever I'm looking at. I also like to be really thorough, which goes back to the line by line. That's by going line by line, I'm examining very thoroughly what is working with the piece, what's not working with the piece. So, I like to be very thorough. It takes me hours to work through things sometimes. So, You just have to, like for me, I just had to find what works for me and do it. And I think that Every writer has to do that especially when we're critiquing, when we're working in a critique group or with a critique partner. We have to figure out what works between us. Thankfully, I have found people that my style of critiquing, they really enjoy it. And you can look at their testimonials on my website because the the three testimonials that I have up are from critique partners, former critique partners and current critique partners. Another thing that I re- try to remember to do is to be patient. I lead a writers group here in my area and It's mostly beginning writers. They're very talented people, and I adore them. But sometimes they're very self-conscious because they know they don't have a lot of experience yet. I think, for me, I just try to remember my own work from you know, 2012. I go back, I read it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is absolutely horrible. But I would never want someone to say, oh my, other than me, because I can say it all day long. It sucks. (laughs) Not all of it, but some of it. But when you're working with new writers or writers that are not where you are, then you need to remember to be very patient because they're going to need different things. They haven't been doing it as long. They're not as versed as you are. These are all things that I tell myself so that, I remember to be the best critique partner that I can be because if they're coming to me, if they're trusting me with their work, then I need to make sure I'm giving them the tools that they need in order to grow. That's not giving them all the answers because I don't do that, but giving them patience, giving them tools, That's something that I can totally do and that's why it's on my guidelines because I don't want to be that person that says, why are you not getting this yet? What is wrong with you? Because there's nothing wrong with them. They're just not where I am. So, I have to be very mindful that I'm not saying anything that might hurt their self-confidence because it's hard enough in this writing life that we've all chosen. It's hard enough to keep your self-confidence and not feel deflated all the time because we're rejected and rejected and rejected and rejected. So, I don't want to be that person that's bringing somebody down. I also refrain from proofreading and I'm getting a lot of flack for this in my MFA program. But don't I'm not going to I'm not going to be correcting your grammar. That's not what critique is for. Critique is to look at the story overall. It's to look at your characters overall. It is to look at your language usage. It is to look at those elements. You can get a proofreader before your book is published for the grammatical stuff. And my last. This one is actually a rule for me because I learned the hard way not to do this. Never, never ever give an unsolicited critique, and I did this, and I feel horrible about it. Uh, A woman, she's an Irish writer, and she had been marketing her book for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. I was looking forward to it. She released it. I read it, and I sent her a three-page critique, If I could go back in time and erase that from ever being sent out to her, I would. Because it was unprofessional and... It was me assuming that my help was desired, and it wasn't. So I have overstepped, and not only will this writer not be in my network, she'll never buy one of my books, and if she does, I'm sure she'll give me a one-star review just to retaliate against my two-star review, or it was a three. I usually don't review if I can't give at least three stars, because I, I know how hard writer's work. And maybe I'll go over this whole irritating thing where, because we're writers, we should be giving five-star reviews to everything. I'm not giving a five-star review to everything, guys. I I support you, but if your book isn't five-star worthy, you don't get five stars. I'm sorry. <laughs> but this, this critique, this unsolicited critique, I should have never done it. And I feel horrible for having done it now. Now that I'm older and wiser in the field of of writing, I understand that what I did was rude. It was absolutely rude. So that's my hard and fast rule is never ever 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 give another unsolicited critique because maybe i really hurt her feelings by doing that it's something that she worked so hard on and because i'm i was learning to critique and i was feeling really great about it and i imposed upon her what i thought she should have done better with her book as far as... I read the whole thing, which I normally don't do, but it it, it wasn't a horrible book. It wasn't a bad book. I just, I shouldn't have sent that critique, <laughs> and I will not send an unsolicited critique ever again, because I understand now what I didn't understand then. But that's my 10... 10- guidelines for critiquing, but those are my, those are the things that I stick to because I want to make sure that I am being the best person, the best human, I guess, that I can be, the best writer that I can be. I just want to make sure that I'm not doing a disservice uh, for what it's worth. That is all for this week. I've gone over a bit. I usually like to keep it around 15 or 18 minutes and I know I am well over that. Thank you so much for sticking around. If you like this episode, please like it, share it, please subscribe. If you're on iTunes, you can listen to this podcast on Podbean. You can listen to it on iTunes. You can listen to it on iHeartRadio. And I do believe I'm going to be back up on SoundCloud soon. So just check that I'm also on Twitter at writing thing pod is where you can find me. I have about five followers now. <laughs> I'm working. I'm working on it. Uh, you can also find me personally. My Twitter handle and my Instagram handle are at saybeeller. If you want to know more about me, you can go to saywordbeeller.com. I'm going to put all of that down in the description. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for this period of time. Next week, I am going to, I think I'm going to talk about why your family and friends don't have to read your work. So, if you have any thoughts on that, I'd love, love to hear it. (laughs) I hope that you all have a great week. Happy writing!